All right. Yeah, grab chairs. Watch out for coffees. There's around. You got to be careful of all that fun stuff. All right. Hey, I get to speak to you, and your parents have to listen in. Like, they just got to overhear what's going on, all right? But I'm excited for you guys. Um, I want to start off with this with you guys. Um, what are the holidays that you guys like? What are the holidays you like? What, what do you have? What? Christmas. What's another one? Easter. Easter. What's another one? Halloween. Halloween. Oh, I, he took yours. I'm sorry. What? Camping. Camping. Yeah. <laughs> what? Thanksgiving. All right. You know what I love about most of our holidays? Most of our holidays are based around food. Do you guys know that? Christmas cookies, Thanksgiving turkey, right? Easter ham. But the idea of it is, is that we have a God who, by the way, loves to create celebrations mainly for us to remember. So I want to tell you what's happening in Holy Week. Holy Week is not just some random day that Jesus decided to come to Jerusalem. The Bible says that he specifically was heading to Jerusalem for a special week. It's called the week of Passover. Now, who said Thanksgiving? I think you said Thanksgiving right here, right? Thanksgiving is probably, it's kind of closest to us where there's a special meal that is connected for us into Thanksgiving. If we go back to our history of our country, it has to do with the fact that there was a harvest and they were thankful for that harvest, right? And so there's specific things that we eat. And how many of you guys have the meals you have to have at Thanksgiving, right? You have to have those things you have to have. But here's what happened that you guys need to know. Jesus, Jesus was coming to have a meal and to change that meal into something powerful for us. So the meal is called Passover. But before we get that, I want to tell you what happened. So Jesus comes. He's coming into Jerusalem. And then what happened was, is that there was a thing called Holy Week. And this is what happens in Mark chapter 11, verses 7 through 11. It says, And they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it. And he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road. And others spread leafy branches. Can you guys feel that? No. 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 Yes. And so... They laid these, their stuff before him because they were like, he is coming. And so they started laying down blankets and jackets and palm branches. So we call this Sunday what? Palm Sunday. Because in doing so, they were bringing in a king. So look what happens. Others spread leafy branches and they had cut from the fields. And look what happens next. Oops. Verse 9. And those who went before him and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Verse 10. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David, Hosanna in the highest. And I'm going to get to verse 11 in just a second. So these people are excited. Have you guys ever, do you guys like to sing? Who's the best singer right here? Who's the best singer? You? Who's it? No, not you. Zach's not the best singer. You're the best singer? Who thinks they're a good singer? So what happens is, is that they were singing, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they were saying, Here is the one who comes who has a new kingdom. She's a great singer. She wants to sing. I love that. So here's what I want you to grasp. 
They were bringing in the king. Now, can I tell you something? The people that were with Jesus did this great thing, but the people of Jerusalem, they weren't ready for him. Look at verse 11. And he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple, and when he looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. What should have happened by Scripture? When he came into the temple, they should have been welcoming their king. They should have been celebrating. They should have been having a party. And here's what's happened. He gets to the temple, looks around, and no one cares. Can you imagine having a party where no one cares and no one comes? That's sad. Because Jesus knew they weren't looking for him. They were looking for someone else. Now, the next day, something happens. It says this in Matthew 21, 12 to 13. And Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And he said to them in verse 13, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it into the robber, uh, den of robbers. So he goes into the temple, and it should have been this great place where God is worshipped. And they were using it to sell off all these things, and they were cheating people. And Jesus walks up to these tables and starts flipping tables. Do not do this in your own house. Yeah, man, I know. Just flips over tables. There are, think about this. I think it's one of the funniest scenes in the Bible. There are animals going everywhere. There is stuff being thrown up into the sky. People are just losing it. And Jesus is standing in the middle going, this doesn't happen here. Jesus wants you to understand that your heart is holy. You are amazing. And when you bring things into your heart that shouldn't be there, Jesus stands in the middle and goes, this doesn't happen here. He wants you guys to have a holy life. And he's modeling that. And then we're going to get to the meal, which again, you guys have at Thanksgiving. But they had a very specific meal. They had this thing called the Passover lamb. And they would eat the, this stuff that we actually, we use it here. It's called unleavened bread. And the reason why was this meal had to do with the fact of how they got out of Egypt. And so Jesus is this. Look what he says. This is Luke twenty-two fourteen through 16. And when the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. Look what he says in verse 15. And he said to them, I have earnestly. That means really wanted to. That means I really want to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, verse 16, I will not eat until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. So here's what I want you to know. He is having this meal. Now, when you sit down at Thanksgiving or at Christmas or at Easter and you have that meal, it's really good. But everything they ate had a purpose. When you guys go up to your class, I'm going to tell your parents some things they need to know. Everything they ate had a purpose. And in having that purpose, they would eat each portion and remember something significant. They would eat something and go, this means this, and this means this. But then Jesus does something awesome. He goes, you know this bread that you eat at Passover? Yeah. That's my body. And I'm giving it to you. 
And you know this, this wine you drink at Passover? Yeah. That's me. It's my life. It's my lifeblood. I'm giving that to you. Because look what it says in 1 in Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. Knowing that you are ransomed for the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold. He didn't buy us with gold and silver and money. He says this in verse 19. But with the precious blood of Christ, like a lamb without blemish or defect. This guy's name is Scott. <laughs> and Scott's pretty perfect. And just like this lamb doesn't have anything wrong with it, Jesus goes, I'm going to be perfect without blemish, and it's me, me, that gives my life so that you can have freedom. What we're so excited about for you guys this Easter is that you get to celebrate that Jesus gave his life so that you could have hope. So here's what I want us to do. See, Holy Week is Jesus coming to do, which, by the way, he planned from the beginning to do, which is to save you by himself, by his very life to save you. And he did all these cool things. He came and loved us and taught us. But here's what's interesting. God had already told us in the Old Testament everything that Jesus would do. So when we get to Holy Week and he flips over tables, that was already planned. We get to Holy Week and he has this meal, Jesus already knows that he is the new lamb. When we get to this Holy Week, and he comes in and rides in on the donkey that was already foretold by a prophet. All of these things that happened is because he already planned a way for you to be saved, to have life. He loves you so much. He made sure everything lined up so that you could have life. Our hope for you guys is that you guys would understand how much Jesus loves you. That he just didn't love you and say, hey, I, I think you're awesome and I think you're cool. He goes, I love you enough to plan everything out, make everything happen so that you could have life. So that you could have life. Now, Scott here, represents something. It's called innocence. That's what I love about you guys. A lot of you guys are in this place where you just go, God, I just love you. As you go older, it's more difficult. And I want you to know that it, you can get sometimes sidetracked and look at other things and miss the innocence that God has for you. He wants you to have a life where you just trust him. And just like Scott, he says he's a good shepherd. He wants to take care of you. He wants to guide you. Now, I want you to know something about Scott. Scott's not that smart. I mean, he's good looking, but he's not that smart. Do you know what Scott will do? This is funny, but it's sad. If Scott and his friend Bob were out walking, 
And Bob looked over the cliff and saw something really good and munchy to eat. And Bob jumped over the cliff thinking that whatever that munchy good thing really cool to eat would be awesome. Do you know what Scott would do? Hey, Bob just went over the cliff. That looks like fun. Guess what I'm going to do? You know why? Because the person in front of him did it. And he goes, well, if they did it, then it must be okay. Do you know that's a lot like us? We just do what we see other people doing. Think, oh, if they're doing it, it must be fine. And we do it. Here's the other thing Scott gets in trouble with. Scott gets so into eating, he doesn't look up. Do you know that it's been true that Scots have just walked off cliffs, just walked off? I'm going to tell you, you're going to make decisions that are just like walking off a cliff because you didn't look up. You didn't see what all was around you. Do you know the thing that the Scots do? They get lost. And you know what Jesus says? I'll leave the other 99 to go find Scott. See, that's what's cool about Scott is that he has someone looking out for him and so do you. You have a good shepherd, and he's giving you moms and dads who are following the good shepherd, and he's giving you Sunday school teachers who are following the good shepherd, and he's giving you a church that wants you to follow the good shepherd. I don't want to say that you're like Scott all in a lot of ways, but you are in some ways. And you got to be careful. You got to look up once in a while. You got to trust your shepherd, and when you get too far away from your mom or your dad or your teachers, you got to come back. This, this, this plays a, an important role. And for your parents, it's going to play an important role in just a few minutes after you guys are gone. But I always want you to know that in this story, Jesus in Holy Week comes for this purpose. Look, he is the coming king. He is absolutely passionate for your heart. And he's willing to die for you. That's what this week is about. He is the coming king. He is passionate for your heart. And he is willing to die for you. And I hope that you guys hear that story your whole life and never get bored with it because it's the best story out there. And I can't wait to see what you guys get to experience as you trust him more and more. I'm going to pray for you, and then you guys are going to head off to class. So let me pray. All right. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for these kids. I want to thank you that you love them, that you died for them, that you gave them hope. And yeah, sometimes they're like Scott. But Father, you're the good shepherd and you love them. So Father, would you be with them as they go? Would you be with them as they go to their class and enjoy their time with their teachers and let them hear from their parents this week how important this week is for their lives? And I just thank you and love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, with your teachers, you are released to class along with all the other kiddos, all right? All right. Now, as they're leaving, adults, I need you to give me your attention unless you're dealing with your kid, because we have announcements for you, all right? First of all, after, after second service, there is a Mexico missions trip meeting. You, if you are interested, think you're interested, might be interested, thought one time you were interested, come to this meeting, all right? And by the way, if you want to be uh, getting uh, your um, 
you want to be getting your uh, letters out, we have letters for you that you can send out to help raise support for this trip. The next one. I say this wrong every time. Philoli, did I get Philoli Gardens. There is a trip, ladies, that you are looking at. It's called Philoli Gardens. It is supposedly a beautiful garden. And so it is happening May 4th, 10 a.m. If you are interested, you can sign up on the app, which by the way, many of you don't know how to get the app. Come talk to me. I will walk you through on how to get the app. Or you can go to our uh, check-in center and you can sign up there. Next, Good Friday. We are so excited. Our three home church pastors will be leading you through our Good Friday service. It is happening this Friday. It is from 7 to 8.15. Tim Levers is going to start us off. Andy Patrick's going to be in the middle. And then Barry Taimani is going to be leading us out. It's going to be a great service and we'd love for you to be a part of it. There's no child care for the service. It's a family service, but it's going to be with all of our home church pastors. Again, Easter services, regular services, but please do me a favor. If you can, it's going to be a beautiful day. I can already feel it. Walk, park off property, give room for guests, make room, come in here, squeeze together. If you're a couple, use one chair. Act like you're dating again. I don't care, all right? Uh, We're going to need the room, and chances are there might be more room in second service. Just saying, all right? So I wanted you to be aware of that. Um, The other thing is, is rooted. They start today. As a matter of fact, the the morning one already started at 845. There's an afternoon one at four o'clock. And we would love for you to be a part of that. If you have not done rooted, by the way, uh, we just, just so you know, last week we had people come up to talk about being baptized. We have people from rooted and everything else. At this point, we have seven, over seven people being baptized on May the 5th. Yeah, some amazing things are happening, guys. And so, and by the way, a good portion of that is because of Rooted. And so if you have not taken Rooted, you need to. Um, again, we have morning session. They start today. You haven't missed anything. All you do in the first session is you meet them. They give you your book and you sign a document. You haven't missed anything yet. So, because you're taking next week off uh, for Easter. So they officially get going on the 28th. We want you to get started on the 14th. But you need to do Rooted. There you go. And Jeff, do I have one more? Or was that it? That's it. Awesome. Hi. You're like, oh, the kids left. Uh Uh-huh. I got some things to share with you. Uh, We're going to be talking about Scott a little bit. We'll get him right here. Um, It's Holy Week. And um, we wanted just to have the kids to have the basis of, of a story. Um, you're going to find right at the back doors, parents, there's a magazine for every family, one per family. And um, in that magazine, uh, specifically, is a, cedar, uh, a Seder meal, spelled S-E-D-E-R. Um, and um, I want to take you through that. Um, I opened the door for you a little bit, talked to the kids about Thanksgiving. See, the thing is, is that for many of you, um, Thanksgiving um, comes with this idea of like, we're going to have this meal and um, you're going to prep and you're going to get ready for it. Maybe you have to travel to it. How many of you guys had to fly last year for Thanksgiving? Fly? <clears throat> Any of you? None of you flew for Thanksgiving? Drove? Drove good distance? Walked next door? All right, anyway. Uh, See, the thing is, is that Passover was significant. We'll see that scripture in just a minute. And every year, even to this day, the Jews get together to celebrate Passover. 
and they eat a Seder meal. And there's different elements of, of the meal. And in that, for example, many of you guys know there's a Passover lamb or there's bitter herbs or there's um, specific unle- unleavened bread, which is what we use for our communion. Because God gave them something that was meant to be not only symbolic, but for us to remember. We in the Protestant or Catholic or any of those basically in those things, we have basically hijacked Passover because Jesus did. Jesus took this meal that, by the way, all pointed to him and said, this covenant that you had, this thing that you did, I'm changing it. This bread is now my body. This cup is now my blood. And there's a new covenant in us. And so in this magazine that you're going to get, by the way, we would encourage you to read it through, maybe even think about having a Seder meal with your kids. Because what would happen for these kids is just in the same way we have memories of Thanksgiving or going back for Christmas, whatever, is that they would every year remember that there was a God who saved them. Listen to what I'm saying. There's a God who saved them from slavery. And folks, We lived in an enslaved world. And there are people that need to be saved. And they need to be brought out of slavery. And Jesus came and said, I'm not here to take you away from human slavery. I'm here to take you from the slavery of your sin and the the slavery of your choices. And he was the answer. Exodus 12, 5-14 says this. He gets the people and says, you're going to get a lamb, Scott. Now, here's what's hard about this. Um, I don't want to speak ill of Scott in front of the kids or speak of what's going to happen to Scott in front of the kids. (laughs) Hopefully you are mature enough to handle that Scott's going to die. Why? Because it takes blood to cover your sin. As a matter of fact, the holy week of all things is the scapegoat. It's by the way, when Jesus said, it is finished, when Jesus said, it is finished, that was just not a random phrase. When the scapegoat would leave the city or the temple, there would be a guy on a hillside. When the scapegoat got far enough away, he would yell, it is finished. Meaning that the scapegoat had taken the sins of the nation out of the temple. And when Jesus said that, he was saying, I have taken the sins away. It is finished. But this meal that Jesus was coming to, remember, he says, I earnestly want to have this meal with you. Because in doing so, Jesus understood who he was. You shall... Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the house in which they eat. They shall eat of the flesh that night, roasted on the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Do you see what's being done here? He's saying, you're going to eat this lamb with unleavened bread, because you don't have time for this bread to rise. When I tell you it's time to go, you grab your stuff and you go. 
And you're going to eat bitter herbs because this is bitter, what has happened. The enslavement of the people of Israel, what has happened, they shall eat it. Do not any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted, its head and its legs and its inner parts. And you shall not let and you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. You shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. He's saying, look, this isn't a sit down, leisurely, take your shoes off situation. Because when I need you to go, you need to go. I'm putting the blood over the doorpost. The angel's going to come. He's going to pass over your house. And if the blood is there and you are covered, you're firstborn. And if you're a firstborn, you get to live. But if not, if you do not do this, every firstborn male is going to die. You could have one household with a grandfather, a son, and a grandson all gone, just like that if they were all firstborn males. If they did not take the blood from the lamb and put it over the doorpost, eat the meat of that with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. The Jews to this day still celebrate this meal because it was such an incredible thing that they were being let go from slavery. Folks, we take the bread in the cup because we've been let go of slavery. We've been set free. And the blood of Jesus covers us. Verse 12. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and all of the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. Verse 13. The blood shall be a sign for you on the house where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Verse 14. This day shall be for you a memorial day and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations as a statute forever. You shall keep it as a feast. So... Interesting enough, folks, I was just sharing this with one of the people who's going to be baptized on May 5th. There, every culture we've found on the face of the earth, every culture we've gone into has never seen, heard of Jesus, every culture that has been there, every culture has ceremony. Do you know that? A coming-of-age ceremony, a wedding ceremony, a birth ceremony, there is something that God has put within each and every one of us to remember and celebrate. And so, we get together for birthdays and bar mitzvahs and coming of ages and graduations. We have gatherings over special occasions and days. And yes, we have Christmas and Thanksgiving and Easter. And we eat specific foods. And we have these moments to say, this is important, and this is valid, and this is essential. And here's what's interesting. God gave the Passover to the people of Israel. It was significant. 
Because it said so much that it took the blood of this lamb, Scott. So, I'm going to give you a little side piece. When it was time for you to go to Jerusalem with your family, um, you didn't go empty-handed. You were going to go there. You were going to meet up with family. So many people coming to Jerusalem. Can I tell you when a moment of worship took place that you probably haven't thought about? Let's say I'm from the area of Galilee. I'm a Jew. love God greatly. See, the act of worship didn't happen when I handed over my animal to be sacrificed. The act of worship happened when I got up at my house and I walked into my flock and I chose the best. I walked into my flock and I said, which is the one without blemish? Which is the one without defect? Which is the one that is my prized one? And by the way, you probably had a name for Scott. And you stood in your herd and you picked out Scott and you put a little rope around Scott's neck and you said, you're coming with me. Because the point was as you walked Scott to Jerusalem, he represents that your sins has to be paid for. Your act of worship happened in your sheep pen. And I wonder how many of us understand that our act of worship when we come here is and sometimes not when we come in and sing and not when we put something in the offering basket or not when we do that. It's when we're getting up in the morning or the night before. Or sometime during the week when we're just giving these things over to God. And you would walk Scott into the city and then you would bring him into the temple, which is why it drove Jesus so nuts that they were ripping people off. Because they'd come in, they go, oh, Scott doesn't count. you got to buy our special one. And then they would go behind the scenes, and then they would put Scott, and then they would sell Scott to the next guy. People who had thought about, and the whole time knowing that their sins were connected to this thing that they had raised and loved, and for a year at least, walked with. See, because here's what happens. Jesus, the act of worship is that God went out and said, he's my best. He's my unblemished. He is perfect. And it's his blood that's going to go over you. It's his blood that means that you get life. It is his blood that you get to have eternity with me. And he let his son come down, and Jesus' triumphal entry walked into the temple, and no one was there.
And then the crowd, those that he would die for would yell, crucify him, crucify him. John 129, Jesus is at the Jordan. He's coming up to his cousin John. And these words, these words by John are more powerful than we will ever know. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him. He said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. People saw a carpenter. People saw a guy from Galilee. John saw a perfect lamb who was just a few years away from, yes, a slaughter. So that his blood could cover you and his blood could cover me and that we would have life. And I want to go back to this passage in Luke twenty-two fourteen, and he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I what? Suffer. Please understand that as he ate the Passover lamb, as he had that meal, he knew it was him. This is me now. There will be no more need for any more lambs to be killed. There will be no more need for any more bulls to be done. He was it. So, this is our challenge to you. Is that you sit down with your kids and whether you do a meal or not, you walk them through. that because of God who loved us so, the Jews think that one thing happened that day. We as Christians believe that two things happened that day. One thing, yeah, the Jews got to leave Egypt. The second thing was a foreshadowing of the one that would set us free by his blood. Folks, we're coming into Holy Week. We cannot miss the weight of a fact of a God who would die for us. We just can't. And I would ask that we would understand that we brought the kids in and we told them the stories and we introduced them to Scott. But folks, we're here to introduce you and your kids to Jesus. A lamb without defect, a lamb without blemish, who, by the way, was silent before those who would speak of him and speak to him, and by the way, willingly laid down his life for you and for me, and became became our Passover lamb. May that resonate with you as you go into this week. May that come into your life as you come to Easter, because when we talk next week that the tomb is empty, it changes everything. But this week. There's a meal called the Passover. And Jesus knows he's going to take that meal and change it for eternity to be about his body and about his blood. And to this day, that's why we come forward and we have this bread and this cup because of what he did.
my hope and my prayer is that we as cedars, we as those who love Jesus, would see him for who he is, the one that would give us life. And celebrate that. And may you have a holy week of thinking of what he did in making this possible. And with that, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Father, for your blessing of a lamb that was your son, that you chose to come and be the one that's blood would cover us and give us life. Folks, we're still, (laughs) folks, we're still those people that walk off edges of cliffs and our God, God, you love us (laughs) and you come after us and you bring us home. God, we just give you this time. We ask that we worship your name. God, we just ask that we would see this Holy Week in a significant way. I thank you and I love you in Jesus' name. Amen.